Hey, I, I had three question marks on my languages sheet. <laughs> for like eight months. <laughs> that, was, that was amnesia. That's what we're going to do. I rolled for every with. language I encounter. <laughs> Live from the Mundangerous somewhere in New York City, I'm your host Shane. And I'm your host, uh, Ishan. And welcome to episode 220 of Total Party Thrill, a podcast for game masters and players where we discuss our campaigns in order to inspire yours. In this episode, we're talking about how to handle forgotten memories and Schrodinger's backstories as we discuss amnesia. But first, the rogue traders find the spirit chamber in the Dynasty Unwarranted campaign. And later, the Witcher becomes a monster to fight monsters in the Character Creation Forge. Total Party Thrill is brought to you this week by D&D Beyond. D&D Beyond is the official digital toolset and game companion for Dungeons & Dragons. Did you know that in D&D Beyond, you can create homebrew monsters that are really just copies of the regular monsters and you can rename them and give them slightly different abilities and then you can even print them out and hand them out to your party and say you're the monster now (laughs) i did know this because i suspect that you did this just last week i did i did and it was it was extremely convenient uh there have definitely been times in the past where i've been like oh i want you guys to be like transformed into different uh creatures i did that in morning glory actually Mm -hmm. and Dear Lord, that was a complicated uh, Photoshop process to like get the specific abilities that I wanted onto like sheets that actually looked like they were monster manual entries uh-huh. to hand them out. And now with D&D Beyond, you just type it in. It took like 10 minutes. <laughs> Copy <laughs> the base wonderful. monster and type in the new <laughs> abilities. You're good. So you can also use it to build characters, track campaigns, run adventures, and do all those other types of things that Ishan is talking about, homebrew-wise. There's lots of free content. There's the D&D Basic Rules. There's articles from writers like James Shea Heck, and videos from people like Todd Kenrick. And the D&D Beyond team is always updating the site with new features, so improvements are constant and noticeable. So if that sounds interesting, you can check it all out at dndbeyond.com. So for the first time in, I don't know, four or five weeks, we won't be pimping our uh, stream of Blades, the Band of Blades live stream that we're doing at twitch.tv slash don't split the podcast. No, we won't at all be talking about how it's a pretty cool, dark, gritty military fantasy world where we are running from a horde of undead and no, we are not the heroes. We won't mention that it's Wednesday nights at 7 p.m., but you can catch the video on demand over on YouTube at youtube.com slash totalpartythrill. Nor will we be mentioning the cool guests that we're having on the show. More to come, but we've already had uh, the actual designer of Band of Blades on the show playing our deputy quartermaster. Mm -hmm. We also had Kat, the DM from Dames and Dragons. Uh, as a guest player as well and there is another guest coming soon so you'll need to stay tuned or i i guess listen to it after the fact here on the show yeah because we're not going to talk about it we're not Mm. gonna we're not gonna say anything about it we're not gonna mention it we're just gonna move on with the episode that's right so speaking of super secret stuff that we don't mention at all shane where are we in the watch our live stream mm. please watch it (laughs) it's so lonely (laughs) 
<laughs> you should check it out. It actually is pretty cool. <laughs> I was surprised how much I enjoy it. I yeah, like I enjoy the game. Like I think we have a really we've we've done a lot of like really cool like lore choices and things and like I think we are playing a very introspective um Band of Blades campaign. Um which I think is cool cuz it it could be about the world around us and instead it's about the world that like we've built for our legion. Um which I think is rad. Yeah, introspective except for Slippery Peter <laughs> whose name is Slippery Peter. <laughs> and uh Tatanika, who's very mean. <laughs> I, her her last name is Keenknife, and no one knew that was her wit. <laughs> or really her entire personality. <laughs> <laughs> or what shows up in your back. Right. Alright, so speaking of things that are super secret and we never talk about it at all, Shane, where are we in the Dynasty Unwarranted campaign? So the Dynasty Unwarranted campaign is our Warhammer 40k Rogue Trader game played using Dark Heresy 2nd Edition rules by Fantasy Flight Games and on the Deathworld Iblis Prime in the frontier city of Meridian, the Rogue Traders have set out to establish a colony in the name of the Holy Throne of Terra and Prophet. And inside the Eldar Exodite Barrows, the rogue traders have been getting a history lesson from all the intricate carvings on the walls about the arrival of the Exodites and their flight from the jungle to the Cloud Barrens, and uh, they're missing a little bit about what actually caused them to leave, but, you know, whatever, we can't get the full story here. Yeah, we're basically, uh, like, 60-year-olds trying to interpret a text message full of memes (laughs) and, and emoji. Like, uh, well, how do you think they interpret this picture? Right. Because it looks like, uh, I don't know, raining carrots to me, but I'm unsure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those are cyclonic torpedoes. Gotcha. Yeah. So you have opened the third chamber of the barrows uh, using the mental commands of curiosity and history. And once inside this chamber, it tells a different tale. Um, Echo figures out that it must be an earlier story of the Exodites. So these walls show the arrival of the Exodites on the planet and their mastery of the dinosaurs who were already living here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it shows the breadth and richness of their society. I mean, if you can call Xeno societies rich. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you, as greedy rogue traders, <laughs> you spent hours analyzing these carvings to determine just how broad, just how rich, and just how likely you are to be able to find the remains to go check it out for yourself. I mean, they seem to have nice stuff here. Yeah. <laughs> Archaeotech. Xenotech, you say? <laughs> uh, fortunately, in the last, I guess, millions of years, uh, the latitude and longitude coordinates haven't changed all that much, so we definitely write those down for additional ancient ruins that we don't need to save but instead can completely loot. I don't think, I don't think it's been millions of years. Hundreds of thousands of days. It's been, what, like 8,000 years <laughs> since the birth of Slanesh? Yes. Well, how okay? How long before that were the Exodites? Exodites like, oh, we're gonna get out of here. We're I, bugging out. I don't. I don't want to be here anymore. I mean, Exodites split off from Eldar like ten thousand, like just in the wake of, oh. like just before Slanesh came. Like they split that's off like, in order to avoid Slanesh coming. That's nothing. This planet had dinosaurs ten thousand years ago. I bet it still has dinosaurs. It still has dinosaurs. <laughs> They've been eating you in the jungle. <laughs> 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 like you've been eaten by velociraptors you, you, with invisibility you can't, you can't see them who knew they were dinosaurs <laughs> you keep acting like they're ancient they've literally been eating your lunch and you they don't look anything like the the movies no they've got like feathers 
So once you've, uh, you know, satisfied your greed, you then further explore all of the catacombs attached to this chamber uh, before you ultimately turn your attention to um, the next door and its own simple control panel. And this time, I think you just, you really struggle to figure out what this command is going to be. Like, you, you know that you have to think something in order to open the door, and after dozens of failed attempts, um, you just start getting agitated and feel like the door itself, the control itself, is frustrated with you. But you know, we should have just trusted ourselves, believed in ourselves, because we had the power all along. Uh-huh. Because the door opens when you think of violence. Uh-huh. It's almost like it's a warning. Huh. So we continue further into the barrows and eventually enter a massive square chamber with giant pyramids made of wraith bone protruding from each wall, pointed toward the center of the room. But the center of the chamber is empty. The floor is concave and it terraces downward. And then on the wall, there are these four massive etchings depicting 15-foot-tall, statuesque, armored warriors. It does not take your resident xeno-knowledge-haver Echo very much time to recognize that these are early uh, Eldar Wraithguard. Which are like, what, Eldar Space Marines? Yeah, they're basically like animated suits of armor powered by the spirits of fallen Eldar warriors. These Wraithguard are actually what the Spirit Seer is trying to use the World Spirit to power. Uh-huh. Um, that's what Eondan uses to fight against um, Tyranids. You know, I've heard that Space Marines are actually just animated suits of armor. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. There's, yep, that's that what is, they say. That is true of at least one group of Space Marines. Of course it is. The Thousand Suns. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Meanwhile, our psychers, Flair and Silva, immediately sense the strange warp flow in this room, although it is in some way familiar. Flair says it feels a lot like the his choir chamber aboard our ship, the His Enduring Light, except that there's no one else here. Mm-hmm. Besides us, we're alone. Yeah, like the normally a choir chamber is full of lower level psychers to help, you know, manipulate the flow of the warp. Here, that sense of control is there, but there's no one else in the room. So, Silva and Flair confidently announce what everyone has already figured out by this point. This is the spirit chamber, the heart of the Eldar Barrows, where the siphoning ritual must be completed. And so they prepare to contact the Spirit Seer. And we'll find out how that goes next week. But this week, we're discussing amnesia. It is such a common trope in fiction and in gaming. You've got a protagonist who can't remember their identity, or maybe they just don't know their own power because they've forgotten. You can also have enemies who erase memories or inflict a trauma so gruesome that the only way to survive it is to forget it completely. Yeah, it works really well in fiction. It is much harder to pull off in a game uh, because you can easily end up devolving into railroading or like weird deus ex machina or (laughs) just as an excuse for being too lazy to make decisions. Yeah, uh, where are you from? Uh Uh-huh. All right, so this episode, we're going to talk about how players and GMs can incorporate amnesia into their games and handle it, maybe even when they're not expecting it. All right, so let's talk about some methods for incorporating amnesia. Yeah, and I think for each of these, you want to think about what is the cause of the amnesia? Like, why does the character have it? Was it head trauma? Is there some sort of like magic going on? Did you die and you were resurrected? Um, Often in these cases, like the cause of your amnesia is also going to have been forgotten. Right. (laughs) 
like i don't remember who i am but i also don't remember why i don't remember who i am <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> and then uh discovering the cause might reveal how to get all your memories back uh or getting more memories back might eventually reveal like what was the, the cause? yeah exactly the thing that happened in the first was oh you're my enemy oh gotcha. treadstone you're john g <laughs> All right, so let's talk about using amnesia as backstory because I think this is probably the most common way that you see amnesia in games is either like the player wants to be an amnesiac or they haven't bothered or don't feel like coming up with a backstory so they just leave it basically blank with some haziness around the edge. Uh, when I was building um, the sniper for Band of Blades, I actually considered having an amnesia backstory because he's got that alchemical eye. And I was like, oh, you know, head trauma. He got stabbed through the eye and got the eye replaced. Maybe that caused uh, amnesia. But then I was like, well, we're kind of kicking the tires on the system, so I should actually use a real heritage. Mm -hmm. I mean, also, Uh, your heritage isn't your backstory. (laughs) (laughs) Your heritage is just like which society you come from, which is pretty clear from your look. Yeah, but I was going to have him not remember that so I could check out the um, alternate uh, heritages, which is just extra dots. (laughs) Yes, I decided against it. <laughs> so difficult. Uh, yeah, I reject your premise. Unilaterally. <laughs> that's that's good. Uh that's good tabletop. That's good uh, streaming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. All right. So amnesia though can be an opportunity, right? It's perfect for these emergent backstories that we talked about before, where you don't necessarily decide everything about who you were before you begin playing the character. You sort of fill those in as it comes up. This just sort of forces the character into doing that. Mm -hmm. It's also potentially good for a player who just isn't quite sure who they want to be or what they want to play in the first place. Yeah. And I think the, the caveat to this is that it will require that the PC's backstory become an element of the plot. Um, Either like the story as a whole somehow hinges on an element that's unknown in their backstory or um, they're going to play out the discovery of their backstory alongside the plot, either, you know, involved or just kind of on side quests or visions or, you know, whatever nightmares, things like that. Yeah. It becomes Chekhov's backstory, right? Like if someone doesn't remember who they are, that seems like an interesting thing and it had better turn out to be an interesting thing. Yeah. I mean, you don't you don't quite want to get into this like oh uh, at the beginning of the session you had a nightmare last night it will be relevant to the plot today. <laughs> so, however, this ends up playing out at your table though, it is going to be more work than just having a static pre-written backstory that may or may not actually come into play during the campaign. For this, when you are working with a player or you are working with your GM on your amnesiac backstory you you want to decide early on like right at the beginning before you start playing who is it who is going to decide what is canon about this character's backstory so you could have it so that the player actually does create a past and it is the character who doesn't know it and then basically presents it to the gm and the gm somehow like feeds it into the story or makes it relevant in some way but you want to make sure that you're not letting the um the character sorry you're not letting the player use these discovered memories to sort of like derail the plot or like snag too much limelight. Like you, you don't want to be a player who shows up with more backstory every session for the GM. Hey, here's the things that I just remembered and now like work those in and we'll just talk about me and how I'm dealing with my traumas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think instead you want to make sure that the memories stay 
like more personal, right? That they're more confined to the character. Um, and that maybe they're like triggered by events that occur in the game. Um, you know, like something difficult that you overcome or something emotional that you experience reveals a memory to you next. Yeah. And, and even if it is the player showing up with like, Oh, here are more things that I will remember. I think that's fine if they stay mostly internal. Like I remember feelings that I had, or, um, I, I remember like, uh, a, a nice, like vignette from my past that it doesn't need to be immediately relevant to the plot. It just adds to characterization. You know, maybe the character develops a new tick or like re- remembers that like they like this food right. suddenly. And now they're just trying to, they're try every time you go to town, they try to eat it. Flip side of that, of course, is you could have a player who's completely surprised and it's the GM's responsibility to explain their entire backstory to them. Yeah. This is going to be much more work for the GM. Um, but I guess it's a little easier to incorporate it into the plot because you're writing both sides of the story. Yeah, and actually you might want to incorporate it into the plot so that you're not just doing all this extra work by creating one of your players' backstories for nothing. Mm-hmm. You're not just like, yeah, I'll take on that extra work because I'm not doing enough here at the table. Um, and then I think it's just important for like managing your workload as the GM. Like, Don't let a lazy player like foist all that work onto you. Um, it's fine if they just have an unimportant or, you know, kind of nondescript backstory that doesn't matter to the plot rather than having this mysterious amnesia that is now forcing you to add new elements to your work. Yeah. If I got the sense that someone was like, I don't really know. And I didn't really read like the, the pitch document for the setting. So I don't know where they'd fit in. Like, how about let's go with amnesia. I would just be like, uh, you're the fourth child of a minor noble from a far off land and and it doesn't matter great how about you come from a long line of caravan guards moving on <laughs> yeah. yes you have been bequeathed a pouch with 10 gold pieces <laughs> yeah. an explorer's pack and, and one, traveler's clothes one long sword <laughs> yeah <laughs> of dubious quality moving on yeah. <laughs> um so you can also use amnesia as a plot point Right, which is something occurs in the session and now amnesia is affecting a character. Um, so you might have a PC who's lost their memories for um, some type of important plot-relevant reason, like they are hidden royalty or um, they once faced the BBEG and lost, but they know something critical. Yeah, and this this can be backstory as well. Um, I think, though, if you're using it as a plot point, even more typically, you might have the entire party has amnesia or they're all just missing certain memories of a particular kind. So if the entire party has has amnesia, obviously, this is going to be like a main plot point for your campaign because one, it's a lot of work, but two, like it it presents a lot of opportunity for the, the GM to put the party almost anywhere that they want and to introduce a lot of of questions so it, it is naturally going to be the focus for quite a few sessions like what happened and how did the party end up where they are right if if the entire party has amnesia there's probably a point somewhere where they all wake up and go i don't know where we are they may not even know who they are mm-hmm. yeah you could you could have them not know who they are as individuals you could also have them not know who they are as a group right like you wake up you can't remember anything and there's five strangers in the other five beds in this room. What's going on? Right. And you're all heavily armed. Uh, and 
the <laughs> the rogue is naturally suspicious and of course over the years has come to get to know these people and care for them and trust them but now suddenly like what does the rogue do when put in a room with five strangers <laughs> five strangers and all their gear <laughs> <laughs> so this kind of can play out as a, a mystery right the pcs basically begin investigating themselves assuming that they don't immediately come to blows i mean if it takes a little bit of metagaming at the table, I think it's fine to be like, uh, maybe don't kill each other. <laughs> mm-hmm. This, however, does require a lot of player buy-in, especially if it's going to be a, if especially if it's going to be like a backstory for the entire party, right? Like they don't even get to create characters for themselves. They just get to find out. That might be fun, but everybody needs to be on board with it. Mm-hmm. I, depending on how far back the amnesia stretches, right? Like mm-hmm. they could still create their backstories, but not know why they're together. So, yeah, and and you know where where the amnesia comes in, right? Like you could begin the entire campaign with, not you meet in a tavern, but you wake up in a room together, and it's obvious that you all know each other because like you're wearing the same emblem on your tunic, right? But right? we don't know what this emblem means, right? <laughs> like we we were a, an adventuring company once. <laughs> like, sure, we'd like to find our charter, <laughs> <laughs> right? Did did someone get the annals? What are annals? <laughs> Should we read them? I don't know. It's 14,000 pages. I think alternatively, if it is a long time before the PCs actually discover their past, right? If if they have memories that maybe the player didn't write um, or most of the campaign has been like dealing with the amnesia, they might find out that they're not actually the same person that they were when they had those memories initially before they lost their memory. Mm-hmm. Mechanically, this could be easier if they actually like never regain their memories, like the like the play like the character sorry the character never regains their memories but the player or the character may find out what they did right right someone tells them but you don't actually remember that you could just end up being a completely different person right so as a plot point you need to ask what purpose does the amnesia serve right you shouldn't just <laughs> as a gm you don't want to just use amnesia as a form of control of your players right restrict them from doing something or move down a railroading path because they can't remember anything else um so you you need to make sure that the players are on board for that element of self-discovery in the game and then on both sides of this whether it's the gm imposing amnesia for a plot reason or it is a the party getting on board and saying like we want to play amnesiacs you need to determine why is it that amnesia happened like obviously some it's it's a negative consequence it's a repercussion of something that occurred before why did all of you get amnesia rather than just being killed and like tpk i mean because the prophecy said you weren't gonna die oh yeah of course that was it yes plot mcguffin that is probably the ideal way to do this right uh, or some, you know, inadvertent side effect works really well too, right? Mm-hmm. Like the people weren't trying to cause all of you to lose your memories. It just happened because of a magical cataclysm. Or like part of completing the ritual, right, involved forgetting that the ritual happened because you don't want people running around with that knowledge. Yeah, one of my favorite things is um, getting your memories back and being like, oh crap, I don't want these anymore. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's, um, <laughs> that's like kind of a, I'm rereading black company um sort of a thematic equivalent for band of blades and like that is definitely a a plot point is like one of the the perspective characters knows things about the big bad that the big bad if she wanted could just read from his memory um oh. and he like he is cursed by this and also does not want to attract her attention so that she doesn't read his memory because she doesn't ask questions she just takes a brain dump 
<laughs> sifts through your knowledge on her own. I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm I'm just uh, I'm just cloning this hard drive here. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I always like the the plot point of you know, hey, you went on a huge quest to delete your own memories, mm-hmm. and now congratulations, you were too tenacious to have let that succeed. You've now regained them. Right. I think it's also important to think about how many memories are missing, right? Like you don't need to have total amnesia and zero recollection of what's going on. You could have like certain parts of your memory, especially when you talk about like magic, right? Like certain parts could just be redacted. Um, So you might remember like an outline of events that happened, but you don't remember the key details that allow you to like use it for some purpose or to recreate it or or things like that. Yeah. It could be the, the party just forgets particular hours or particular days or, you know, even particular years, right? And that now the mystery becomes what happened during those missing hours or like what did we do that we don't currently remember now? Mm -hmm. Uh, Alternatively, you could also just like forget all the details of an event or a person, kind of like getting flashed in Men in Black. Like you, you don't necessarily forget that you ate lunch. You just forget that you saw aliens while you were eating lunch this is crazy right like the men in black magic is nuts because it's not just a memory wipe it's also a very powerful suggestion so it's like not because because you flash them and then you tell them what they were doing instead and like they just build the memory themselves yeah 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 um it it it's pretty intense um but if that technology exists then then great you can play with this any way that you want mm-hmm. Uh, I think the key here is at least have an idea of the truth ahead of time uh, before you you sort of say, well, yeah, you lost five years of your life. You don't know what you did. Uh, I'm going to figure it out later when we get to that point. Yeah, this is this is just like any other mystery, right? Is you need to have at least a rough enough sketch of what the truth is in order to make sure that the mystery moves forward, um, even if you don't have every single detail plotted. Uh, and then if you just want to dabble in amnesia, in amnesia it can be temporary. Uh, characters can forget a memory or a bit of time for a single session or maybe one campaign arc. And you can plan for the PCs to get their memories back at the end once they solve the mystery or once they like finally defeat the enemy that stole their memories in the first place. So I think this is a good... like Up to this point, we've mostly been talking about sort of plot-driven amnesia, right? Where you don't necessarily have any mechanical effect other than the actual lack of knowing a thing. Um, I think when you introduce temporary amnesia, it can make sense to have like some type of mechanical effect that represents this as well on a character sheet, right? Like so, like a penalty to intelligence, or you know, like disadvantage on history, or something like that, where it's relevant, um, or some other type of gimmick, right? That kind of like solidifies like this is not just a plot function but also like a personal like kind of impediment for a bit you could even give them bonuses right because like oh, yeah, not knowing not encumbered not... with your personal history <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're you're like a much more reckless you're not you're not tied down by all that baggage anymore <laughs> <laughs> now since you can't make a make players forget what their characters just did one way to handle this is you can jump the story forward in time past the forgotten memories and then the pcs can discover what happened on their own right so like for example they take a long rest they think it's just going to be a normal long rest and now they're going to go do the thing that they were planning to do the next day but instead they wake up a day later than they expect this might actually take them a while to realize uh you know because 
you don't typically have alarm clocks in fantasy settings where <laughs> right. like it says what day it is, right? But it also could be that like they wake up in a totally different location than when they went where they went to sleep in the first place. They might be in different clothes. They could be separated. Maybe they're in jail. Maybe they like, see wanted posters with their faces on them. Like mm-hmm. a lot of stuff happened, and it becomes very apparent very quickly that like they're missing time here. Yeah, and this this stuff doesn't even have to be too fantastical, right? Like this is just simple like you were drugged in a tavern or yeah or whatever right like somebody injected you without your knowledge and now like you lost a couple days i mean there's canonical like 5e spells that can do this modify memories fifth level right yeah uh suggestion is second levels so, like if someone suggested you or uh even like dominated you which is also fifth level and then modified memory it, it it's not that huge an investment especially for like you know a wealthy bbeg mm-hmm I actually like this as, you know, the party is always like, all right, we want to make sure we take a long rest right before we like go do the big final battle. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of introducing this right after that rest. Like, okay, okay, we're going to gear up. We're going to get all our stuff. We're going to get ready. We're going to take a nap and then final battle. Right. And instead they wake up somewhere else and like they fought the BBG. Oh. <laughs> it didn't go right. Oh. And so now they have to <laughs> learn what they did wrong so that they can learn from the mistakes they made. Yeah, exactly. You, you like piece it all together and be like, oh, so if we don't make those mistakes again, we'll see. I also like that as a way of like, we're going to be missing a player for that big final session or whatever, like that big climactic battle. So, like, okay, you take a rest at the end of the session. You wake up two days later in a tavern. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get back to the BBEG. <laughs> They've either been captured or maybe like they're the one who still remembers and they're like wandering around trying to find you guys. Right. Where are you? Exactly. Go find go find Steve so that we can kill the BBEG. Right. Why are you working as a day laborer at the docks? <laughs> I don't know. It seemed like the right thing to do, I guess. Huh? All right. So let's talk about how we introduce the discovery of amnesia into the game. I like to just start in media res. Like, it's a convenient narrative shorthand. Uh, You begin. I set up the scenario. Here's the room. Here are the monsters that you're fighting in the room. Uh, But you are wondering, why are you here? And how did you get here? And who are these people fighting alongside you? Like, it can start in mid-swing if you really want it to. (laughs) So there I was. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like I said, you can also leap the story forward and then slowly reveal what happened in the interim. And that, that can be a ton of fun, especially if, like, you're not telling the party this is what's happening. And I think that's fine not to have that buy-in if it's a relatively like short bit of um, a session or the arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can also sprinkle these elements of forgotten time into your just normal everyday kind of roleplay interactions. So like if the party enters a new town or enters a tavern, maybe somebody there already knows them, right? Like they they greet them as old friends or you know, old rivals or whatever it is. Um, They might be offended or bewildered that the PCs don't know who they are. You don't recognize your own child? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is definitely something you should be doing if you have a... um, like a single character whose entire backstory is amnesia. Mm -hmm. And of course, if it's the entire party. But like, it definitely should become apparent that this person had a life before. Um and and I think like use the amnesia backstory when people are still going to be like adventuring in the same places where they had that life. It's so much less interesting if you like don't remember your um, 
your life before like far to the frozen south and you're never going to encounter those people again like you want to you want to be able to drop in those tidbits yeah like not remembering my life in the lazar principalities is not going to be super relevant to my adventures in sharn right you may as well just be that caravan guard who cares exactly (laughs) (laughs) Uh, if you're in a game where you're using like npc attitudes you can start them at a level other than neutral usually you walk into a store and like the mechanics of that uh scenario are the shopkeeper starts at neutral. You can try to haggle with them. You can try to like persuade them or flatter them. And that moves them like up toward friendly or like down toward hostile. Start them somewhere else because they already know you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could also have like advantage or disadvantage or, you know, a small bonus um, depending on your system to interactions with people that you have previously been positive or previously been negative. Right. If you are the long lost twin brother of the prince, well, people will probably react pretty nicely to you or like get the hell out of your way depending on like what the prince is known for. Right. Um, uh, and then the other question is, what information did the PCs leave themselves while they were in that like blackout period? Yeah, in your fugue state. And so this could be intentional, right? Like, oh crap, we're, we're losing our memories. We better write everything down as quickly as we can or like some cryptic note to ourselves about how to fix this. Mm-hmm. Um, how reliable a narrator were the PCs in that particular moment? Like the movie Memento, right? He's right. He's tattooing notes to himself all over himself because he keeps losing his memory, but it becomes very apparent very quickly that you can't always trust the things he was telling himself. Right. Um, then you could have just the unintentional information that they leave for themselves. So uh, a diary or yeah, like the information about where they're living and how much, you know, stuff that they have how how nice their clothing is um what's in your pockets yeah you know do you have do you have keys to a strong box or just keys to other things um pieces scraps of paper how much gold do you how much gold is pocket change for you right like i've got nothing in my pockets but this warrant of trade i must be a noble (laughs) (laughs) excuse me emperor may i have my ship (laughs) It turns out this warrant of trade was stolen and it had an enchantment upon it that erased the memory of anyone who took it. <laughs> well, crap. Uh, emblems or heraldry uh, will help a lot. Jewelry often is very identifiable. Like a signet ring is a pretty is meant to be a pretty clear giveaway. All right. So in terms of resolving the amnesia, most amnesia, you're, you're going to either remember the memories or at least find out what happened before if the character doesn't actually remember remember them in the first place so one just really easy way to do this is that remembering can be the in-game reason you have that you level up or gain new abilities in the first place you're simply just recalling old abilities that you had before and like now you know how to shoot better because oh right i forgot i was actually pretty good at this that's the sort of jason Bourne, isn't it like very quickly oh yeah he goes from like a level zero nobody to oh right i'm i'm amazing well it's like one fight, he goes from level zero to level <laughs> ten. So, but like um, even more uh, esoteric skills, like you may not remember that you know how to build bombs. Yeah, until you are confronted with a bomb and go, "Oh yeah, I know what these pieces do." Right. Um, you can have epiphanies. So this is like some triggering event or sensory input that um, just reveals an old memory. Um, maybe. In the game, you are rolling randomly uh, to see if something triggers an epiphany or um, as a GM, you can put that list together in advance. And if the PCs engage in something on that list, then um, an epiphany occurs. Um, you can also like kind of play with whether you want to reveal that list to the players. 
right? Like, do you give them a shopping list of things to do in order to gain more memories? Or do you just let them kind of emerge when they check a check it off the list? Yeah, like at first blush, I, I'm like, oh, I wouldn't want to give that much information. But I actually sort of like the idea of sort of cryptically being like, all right, you don't remember who you are, but you have noticed. Like after the first epiphany, be like, you've noticed that certain scenarios trigger new memories. Here are some things you might want to think about doing that you, you know, you would surmise might trigger new memories, like going into a place you haven't been before or, or trying out different kinds of smells. A perfumery actually might be a good place to go check things out and see if something triggers you. Yeah, if. So the reason that I suggest giving the list to the players is just because you don't want to, as a GM, be managing these experiences. Um, and if they're written down, they feel random anyway. <laughs> like, regardless of what the, you know, to the players, it's not going to feel like they did anything intentional to to generate these. So if you give them the list, fill it with some false triggers, things that don't reveal anything, mm-hmm. um, and just let them kind of work through the list. But make that, make it incumbent on the players to say, oh, we just did a thing on this list what happens rather than you having to say oh you did a thing amongst the billion things that i'm managing i will also manage did you check anything off this list Mm -hmm. you can also just have uh triggers happen as enough time passes or just have people automatically remember uh, or recover new memories as time passes it could be uh each night in game each week in game each like real life session Maybe they make a check to try to remember more info, information, like an intelligence check, uh, wisdom, or, or maybe maybe it just happens um, each time they sleep, or but each time like three days have passed, you just say you just check that off and go, oh, okay, actually you remember a new thing. Yeah, and you can also use leveling and advancement as a an analog for time, right? Mm-hmm. It's just the time has passed, so you get it. It, it isn't actually tied to something specific to the leveling process. Yeah, one thing about making a check, though, is that you're sort of making it a lot more random. So you you could find out that you get quite far in the game itself, and they haven't actually remembered that much. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite early write of Memento. <laughs> he just fumbled around for 45 minutes, just... unable to read his own writing. <laughs> right. <laughs> I have terrible penmanship. <laughs> uh, and, of course, another way to get your memories back is just exposition. Like have someone tell you what happened and maybe as soon as someone tells you, you like it floods back into your mind, you you recall it or maybe not. But now you just have that information and you need to decide how much can this NPC be trusted mm-hmm. or of course having the MP like the BBEG be the one who explains, do you know who you are and like, do you trust them or do you not? I, I love the idea of the BBEG who manipulated the party previously into like fighting the good, good, good guy. <laughs> And now, like, he's like, oh, yeah, no, you guys, you did it. Like, you're a hero. We're heroes. We did so much good for everybody involved. This situation has nothing to do with you or us. Yeah, they're the androids. Shoot them. Don't you remember? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Perhaps uh, some content warning around severe gaslighting if you do things like this. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, All right. So let's talk a bit about actually confronting reality. How does this PC find out about their past when they actually do discover what it was? Um, I mentioned this before, but, you know, maybe they just they wanted to forget it in the first place. Or is it a really terrible thing? Was it like horribly dishonorable? And now that they remember it, they need to live with that again. Yeah. Or uh, was it a person? Right. That's the other like that's a common trope in fiction that is less common in fantasy of like the idea of like 
this relationship was important to me, but it didn't work out. And I would rather not remember them than see that person with someone else. Yeah. Playing Eternal Sunshine. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's a memory movie. (laughs) Fiasco. Um, you can also have them confront whether or not they are still that person. Even if they get the memories back, they have done many things without that baggage. Mm-hmm. Are, are they a better person? Are they a worse person? Do they agree with the things that they did in the first place that may have led to them losing their memories? Right. Uh, or, like, does the good PC suddenly become a, a bad guy? Do you remember, wait, I was a bad guy. Wait, I really liked being a bad guy. <laughs> What I have been a sucker this whole time. Like, okay. do you just drop right into the face heel turn and like this is when you betray the party? Okay, Billy Eilish. <laughs> and then, of course, how much can you trust uh, what you are learning? Where is this information coming from, uh, and is it reliable? Mm-hmm. I, I think I will say about the reliable narrator trick um, is that having players who signed up for amnesia is not the same as having players who signed up for never knowing anything for certain. Mm-hmm. Right. So you, you should be careful in how much doubt that you want to instill in the players, because the first time that like they have an unreliable narrator, if you kind of foreshadow it or whatever, um, if they can figure it out pretty confidently, like great, they spotted the trick and move on the second or third order of doing that and now they don't trust anything they don't believe anything and you've just like really undermined your narrative even if this like fictionally would be fun um in a game sense it's very disorienting and frustrating yeah and after a while you just stop looking for new information because like you can't trust it anyways who cares right so i'm just gonna move forward like a bull in a china shop now because none of this is real or what is real i can't decipher anyway Right. Oh, it's a simul space. Crap. Right. Um, and then I will say um, having players who signed up for amnesia also doesn't mean that they've signed up to have done terrible things that you haven't talked about before. So oh, obviously, yeah. like talk about lines and veils, but you don't necessarily want to spring on like, turns out you burned down orphanages, yeah. sucker. You're a war criminal. Yep. <laughs> okay, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I slit my own throat and I re-roll a character with memories. Yep. <laughs> I deserve this. So. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> the twist here is not you're all the BBEG. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then I think, lastly, I'd say that if forgetting has been played up as a big deal and PCs are spending like time and resources both in and out of game in order to remember, then what they remember should end up being worth their time. Like, it reminds me of, I guess, spoilers for Star Wars Episode, what, 8? I don't know. Uh, the most recent, well, who knows when people are listening to this, um, The the Last Jedi, mm-hmm. uh, when, like, um, crap, what's her name? Daisy Ridley finds out her her past right which is like oh your parents were nothing and there was no reason they were on that planet to begin with great <laughs> like your character arc has been discovering like your past and why like why your uh parents abandoned you and it must be for a great reason nope turns out it wasn't and we just sort of wrote that out and it doesn't matter so i don't know why we spent all this time on it in the last two movies <laughs> we made two movies about this how you doing <laughs> yeah uh, it definitely fell flat and it'll do that in your games too so in conclusion, uh, I've forgotten this entire episode already. Oh, no. Well, do you remember any instances of using this in your games? We've done a bit of this uh, in our Return to Morning Glory, where 
it's not so much well it's not so much amnesia but there is lost time that the the party is struggling to um put together we've although pretty most much of the put it time together we'll say again we've pretty much put it together now yeah yeah exactly but early on it, well i guess this is a bit of a tiny spoiler but you thought maybe it had been amnesia or lost time it turned out most of that time you were dead so yeah yeah <laughs> It's spoiler for, I don't know, the very first session of our second Morning Glory campaign. Right, so. which we'll get to pretty quickly anyway. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. um, how much amnesia have you used in games before? Or have you ever played an amnesiac character? Um, I have never played an amnesiac character. I think I've probably done it from a background perspective. And that was mostly my way of telling the GM that I want my background to be important, but I don't want to, like interrupt your planning mm-hmm. <laughs> so like fit it in at the point where it would be cool i trust you mm. um but like yeah i don't know i don't think it's ever actually gotten a full arc treatment um i think most of those games have fallen apart before it ever mattered <laughs> probably the character who had the most amnesia would have been lou from morning glory yeah. Su- Susie was playing right it was just well we sort of worked together on this. We sort of met in the middle where she said, here's what my character believes happened, but she doesn't know for sure because she hit her head. Right. <laughs> As she believes that she uh, was once a, a great Dalkir from the, the far realm and, you know, is now just trying to regain her power. Of course, we will talk about whether that is actually true or not. Right. All right. Do you hear that, Asian? That is me finally coming into my full power as a Dalkir from the Far Realm. Turns out Lou was right all along. Well, that can only mean one thing. It's time to move on to the Character Creation Forge and figure out how we're going to kill you, you monstrosity. But before we do that, let's talk about how our listeners can get in contact with us. We do love hearing from you. You can tweet at Shane at Mundangerous. That's M-U-N Dangerous. And you can tweet at Ishan at Evil Sans Carne. That's Malice minus Meat. And you can tweet at the show at TPTCast. You can also email us at TotalPartyThrill at gmail.com. And you can find us on the web at www.TotalPartyThrill.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at TotalPartyThrill. And join the conversation on Discord. There's a link in the show notes. So Shane... People on our Discord reminded us that it is, in fact, October. Mm-hmm. Which has historically been Overwatch-tober. But since you did this episode... <laughs> <laughs> and I know nothing about Overwatch. We have we're just quit sort of sticking with the video game theme. Uh-huh. And we're built the Witcher. So it's Overwitch-tober. Oh, even better. I like it. Uh, are we just doing all witches from now on? No, 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 no. We're doing the Witcher and then next week... <laughs> We'll Back to Overwatch. Overwatch. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So who is the Witcher? Because I have actually never played one of these games. I actually have not either. Turns out uh, they are originally novels that were turned into much more popular video games. Okay. I also didn't um, play those novels. Fe- featuring a character called... Do you have any idea if it's Geralt or Geralt? I think it's Geralt. Geralt of Rivia, uh, the eponymous Witcher. However, Witchers are a cadre of monster slayers they're mutated humans who undergo something called the trial of the grasses uh they become like mercenary monster hunters who can use like minor magics and are like faster stronger um than normal humans so they're actually able to like take on creatures of myth like werewolves and vampires and things like that okay Uh, so we're building like a generic witcher because Geralt is of course uh sorry everyone a mary sue here who Uh can do everything He's medieval uh, Eastern European Batman. 
Polish. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So what is the build? It is Eldritch Knight 12, Kensei Monk 4, Monster Hunter Ranger 4. All right. So from 12 levels of fighter, we'll get three attacks and action surge. We'll have defensive fighting style, second win, and indomitable to reroll saves once per day. We'll get four ASIs just from Fighter, which actually gives this character six in total. Uh, from Eldritch Knight, you'll get three cantrips and up to second level spells, which uh, Witchers use, as, uh, they're called minor signs. They're quick spells that they can use in combat, which of course is exactly what Eldritch Knights has, have. Um, there's Quen, which is the shield spell. Ard, which knocks people back. Uh, I'm going to call that Thunder Wave. Heliotrope, which protects you from the elements. Let's go with Absorb Elements there. Uh, there is Igni, which is Burning Hands, and Axie, which is Hold Person. Yeah, uh, Axie is sort of like the, the charm line. I think Hold Person is probably the most useful one in combat. Mm-hmm. You'll get War Magic, so you can both attack and cast a cantrip, uh, which should probably be something like Booming Blade or Green Flame Blade. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you'll get Eldritch Strike at uh, level 10. When you attack someone, you'll impose disadvantage on your next spell attack against them. So from Kensei Monk, we'll get Unarmed Combat, Fast Movement. Uh, we'll get Deflect Arrows and Slow Fall. These are basically sort of all of the canonical Witcher abilities, right? Like they punch hard. They, they can fight with their bare hands. They move sometimes faster than the eye can detect. They literally deflect arrows out of the air. And I think one time, like... Geralt jumps off a castle wall and just like he doesn't roll he just like lands and then walks off well so, I mean, like it's a video game so you can always fall from great heights <laughs> without issue <laughs> well that's why every video game character needs a monk's low fall uh-huh. Mario that guy he can just jump forever <laughs> right um, I think the important thing why we're here for Kensei is the longsword becomes a monk weapon right uh, yeah in addition to those with like movement abilities uh well, I don't know if it's witchers in general. Geralt, though, has two longswords, one of which is a steel longsword, which can kill most monsters, and the other is silver. Hmm. And fortunately in D&D, it's only 100 gold to get that weapon silvered. Right. From Ranger, we'll get Favorite Enemy, Natural Explorer, and I think two weapon fighting, just in case you ever need to use both those longswords. Uh-huh. Uh, you'll, you'll get spells like protection from evil and good hunter's mark cure wounds zephyr strike yeah cure wounds mimics pretty well the potions that witchers suck down mm-hmm. um and zephyr strike i mean you move faster than the eye and strike and do extra damage right you'll get hunter's sense which lets you look at a creature and discern its immunities vulnerabilities and resistances wisdom mod times per day which is basically what a witcher does because they have studied uh, arcane monsters their entire lives right um, and then you'll get Slayer's Prey, which gives you a uh, 1d6 bonus damage per round. Uh, you also want to look at the Alchemy Kit and the Healer's Kit as tool proficiencies because uh, canonically witchers, you know, mix potions for themselves and then like, you know, chug those potions. They also heal pretty quickly. So if you can make yourself a healing potion, that basically mimic, mimic that basically mimics that well. Right. So in terms of leveling order, where do we go? I think we'll do fighter five to get extra attack. And then I would just sprinkle in ranger monk and then fighter to finish. Mm -hmm. So Ishan, who is your witcher? My witcher just wanted a quiet life. Uh, Mm -hmm. Don't we all? Don't we all? She, you know, retired 
to the woods to live off on our own, away from people. Uh, never really got along with them, preferred the animals of the forest. Uh, but of course, sometimes we have greatness thrust upon us, and there was a um, a terrible... A terrible scourge of monsters, um, horrible creatures that were not only destroying the villages, which honestly she didn't care for all that much, but were taking to the forest as well. Creatures of uh, darkness, destruction, and blight. And of course, out she came from the burning forests uh, to realize that she would need to use her, her abilities honed from isolation, right? That of the ranger and the monk, and uh, use them in hand-to-hand combat with these fell beasts. And she, of course, called upon the strange magics of uh, nature, mainly to protect her uh, or to uh, bind these creatures so that they could be properly slain uh, ritually to return back uh, to the unnatural world from where they came. Nice. What about your witcher? Um, so my witcher is oath sworn um, to stand guard uh, over the wilderness. My witcher is a member of an order, um, not really like an order of monks, but you know, more like I guess an order of rangers who train together, right? Who have their own sort of paramilitary structure, um, and they are tasked with like tracking monsters through the forests, right? Tracking. Um, you know, killing them if they encroach, but they kind of maintain the frontier um, against just the evils that exist sort of out in the wilds. Um, there, there's something like the Night's Watch in, uh, in Game of Thrones, except, you know, like instead of being like forced to take these oaths and <laughs> like punished basically, or taking them to avoid punishment. Um, I think these are more uh, genuinely noble use of uh of resources and and rather than just worrying about you know um some people north of the wall they're worried about genuine threats we talked a bit about deadwood last episode i like this idea as like um a a western u.s trope as well Mm. like you know cowboys and and uh deadwood and like dangerous like monsters coming in from the wilderness uh you're trying to protect your tiny little town of actually not really nice people <laughs> yeah I, I like it more in a weird west um mm-hmm. like because uh, unfortunately the reality of like the wild west right was that the the quote-unquote monsters that were out there were actually natives fighting for their homeland so right so you, you, know, you get, like, yeah you got to fight like actual supernatural monsters right exactly <laughs> turns out the true monster is man <laughs> exactly all right, before we wrap up, uh, let's take a moment to thank our Patreon supporters. Yeah, your support is what makes it possible for us to keep doing this show every single week. So if you'd like to learn more, you can check out our rewards at patreon.com slash totalpartythrill. And don't forget, we are edging ever closer to doing our uh, our special milestone episode. We will do our campaign setting review of The Forgotten Realms, and it will be painful. For us. You'll like it. Yeah, no, it'll be entertaining. <laughs> but I mean, oh boy, do I not want to have to learn Forgotten Realms. <laughs> Garl Glittergold. Wow, what a great name. That's the setting where they killed off all the gnomes because they're stupid, right? I hope so. Okay. I mean, you never know. Who knows three years from now what Forgotten Realms will look like. <laughs> all right, what do we have planned for next week's episode? 
So we'll actually be revisiting a favorite topic of ours, Session Zero. And in the Character Creation Forge, we are keeping Overwatch Tober alive with Junkrat. Well, that's it for episode 220 of Total Party Thrill. I hope we lived up to our name, but either way, I'm Shane. And I'm Ishan. Thanks for listening. Total Party Thrill is brought to you this week by Kobold Press. Do you want to learn the secrets of elven magic? Uh-huh. Uh, turns out it's not that difficult. <laughs> That's why it's, <laughs> they just had 100 years to learn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just be an elf. It's simple. Yeah. Do you want to blast your enemies with battle magic? It turns out or... that's pretty simple, too. It's called dynamite. <laughs> or do you want to build cunning mechanical servants with clockwork magic? It turns out that's simple as well. You just hire Boston Dynamics. <laughs> the Swiss? Fine, <laughs> fine. Well, Deep Magic from Cobalt Press for 5th edition is now on Kickstarter. It includes time magic, rune magic, and illumination. There are more than 575 new and compiled spells by the best in the business, including Wizards of the Coast staffers and A-list freelancers. Do you think illumination has anything to do with the Illuminati? Uh, I hope it does. I No, I don't. I think it has to do with like shining lights at the end of your wand. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's good, too. I was hoping it would be, oh, we have finally destroyed our greatest enemy, fiat currency. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so in this supplement, you'll find new magic schools, sorcerers' origins, warlock patrons, feats, spells, magic items, and more. The project is already funded and is blasting through its stretch goals. Yeah, with uh, battle magic and mm-hmm. dynamite. <laughs> yeah, and... Well, there was a there was an incident, but we used time magic to go back and fix it. <laughs> it's all fixed. <laughs> I was unable to read the scroll, but I used illumination magic, and then everything was fine. I cast the spell of refresh, and the web page loaded. <laughs> Somatic component F five F five. All right. So if that all sounds interesting to you, you can check it out at coboldpress.com.